When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with information that empowers you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I've got great news for you if you take prescription drugs. The big pharmacies are feeling such marketplace pressure from discounters who are offering prescriptions at much lower prices that they're starting to change how they do things. I want to make sure you're aware. And also, I'm asked so much about CDs and what you should do right now with CDs if you're trying to put money aside in one. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Plus, I need to tell you about a big ripoff in the CD space so you can protect your wallet. So let's talk the two bigs. CVS and Walgreens are actually shrinking. They are closing locations. They are going through a midlife crisis that I've talked about that have led to walkouts from their employees. And it's a miserable environment now for so many employees with CVS and Walgreens. The companies are kind of lost in the wilderness right now. For consumers, they're very, very difficult companies to do business with because they've created such complex models. You know, you go in and you have no idea. It's like you're buying lottery tickets. You have no idea when you go to fill a prescription, is it going to be $8 or 800 or a few thousand? You just don't know. It's a completely obscure process. So CVS, because it's losing so much market share to discounters, the warehouse clubs, among others like Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs and others in the marketplace, they are completely revamping, rolling out through 24, a new way of pricing the drugs. If you're not familiar, what happens now is you've got all these different prescription plans and the ones you have at work and all that. It's so difficult as a consumer to know how to navigate and where to get the best price and all that. And it's hard for the people behind the counter. They don't know while they're punching in stuff on the computer what number's going to come up. So under the new system, they're taking kind of a blended page from the Costco pricing model for prescription drugs and the Mark Cuban model for pricing prescription drugs. And what they're going to do is you're going to pay their cost plus a markup plus a prescription filling fee. It's going to be much cleaner and simpler than it is right now and much more transparent. Capitalism works best when it's transparent, when you know what you're going to have to pay 
and you can comparison shop place to place. And so CVS is doing that to try to regain a connection to the public, make it easier for their employees behind the pharmacy counter. And the pressure those pharmacists and pharmacy techs and assistants are under at the CVSs and Walgreens, unconscionable. That's the other side that these two chains need to fix. Do you know what's weird? I read a story last month about how as the chains are closing, independent pharmacies are opening up. It almost reminds me of what happened with the booksellers, the bookstores a generation ago when Barnes & Noble and Borders opened up all over the place and all these independent booksellers went bust and all that. And now there are independent booksellers opening again. Same thing's happening in the pharmacy business. A more personalized kind of touch. But I digress because CVS and Walgreens have been so powerful. And Walgreens is launching a digital tool that's called Rx Savings Finder. And if you choose that you want to fill a script there, you'll be able to use this digital tool to see ahead of time what it's going to cost and what discounts might be available. So the marketplace is speaking, and this is great stuff. Now, you're not going to find all this. It's not an I Dream a Genie moment, if you know that reference from, was that 1960s or 70s? I, 70s, I 70s. Think, yeah. Anyway, I mean, this isn't like uh, Barbara Eden suddenly going, beep, and it all is fixed all at once. But the trend is you're in my friend. And that's good news, but the systems that the warehouse clubs use is by far the best generally for your wallet, going to Sam's, going to Costco for prescription drugs. Uh, It's just phenomenal. Okay, ready for some questions? I am. This one's from Billy in Arkansas. My adult daughter has changed jobs frequently and is not vested in any retirement plan. I've helped her round up unvested benefits, plus some traditional IRA funds, combined it all in a Vanguard target date fund, and converted that into a single Roth IRA. She and her husband file separate tax returns, so for the last two years, we've been doing the backdoor Roth IRA. Her parents fully fund the Roth IRA for her. She recently changed jobs and now works for a major university, which offers a 403B retirement plan with both a savings plan, tax deferred, and a Roth version. The university will contribute 6% of salary to the 403B and will add another 3% if the employee contributes 2%, so a total of 11%. She can contribute more than 2%. Can she participate in the university's 403B plan and continue to fund the Vanguard Roth IRA on her own? Presently, she chose the 403B account, the tax deferred, and a Fidelity target date fund and is adding 5% on her own. Her parents will continue to fund the Roth if she can take advantage of both plans. It's like so, a math problem. <laughs> yeah. So a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. So you've heard me over the years trash 403B plans. Just trash them. Generally, university-based 403B plans are clean and good, generally. It's the, the ones that are offered to public school teachers, K through 12, that are generally an abomination, disgusting, terrible, rotten, awful, etc. So the way you answer this question is by getting the plan document from the university 
and see what the administrative fees are and the Fidelity Target Date Fund, uh, the one I want you to go in is the index variety, the combination of the administrative fees and the Target Date Fund, you're looking for an overall expense ratio of under 0.25 of a percent, one quarter of 1% a year. A university-based 403B probably will meet that standard if it does, then she should contribute the max she possibly can, split between the Roth version and the traditional in the University 403B. And for now, don't even bother with doing all the complication of the backdoor Roth because she'll be set really well in that university plan. But it all starts with the cost. If the costs are high in the plan, keep doing the Vanguard Target Date Fund in the Roth IRA, keep doing the back door and contribute to the plan enough to get that effective 11% contribution each year. And the parents could continue to gift her the money toward the Roth if she, it helps oh, her if save they want more to. if they yeah. want to. Sure. Yeah. Enid and I, I didn't mean to pull money out of yeah, no, no. the pocket. Enid in Georgia says, I recently logged into missingmoney.com to see if I had any unclaimed property or funds and was referred to the unclaimed property site from the state's Department of Revenue. I entered my information and it said I have unclaimed insurance premium refunds going back to 2016. I haven't had a policy with the insurance company that was listed in many years, so I'm unclear as to what premium refunds they are. The site is asking for a copy of my driver's license and social security card to file a claim. Is this safe? Yeah, I mean, is it safe to put your social security number out there and your driver's license front and back? I mean, only when it's a legitimate business purpose. You create some risk here, worth it. How could this insurance policy that you think is dead could in some way be a zombie? It could be some built-up cash value in it that you didn't even realize. And so it's very possible there is a refund in money that was turned over to your state. So go ahead and go through the process and then reach back out to us and let us know how you're going to spend the 82 cents. No, (laughs) it could be real money. The only way you know is to go through the process. And we've heard from person after person who went through the stuff about going out there and going on this money hunt that they found real money. You found some for family members, didn't you? I found some for myself last year. I think it was $160. And I got the check and accidentally, I thought it was a different check. And I, I tore it up. I thought it was like this, it's a long story. And so I realized it was actually the Department of Revenue check, the money I was owed. So I had to then go through a ridiculous process of writing letters and getting it reissued, but it took me months, but I persevered as I knew I shouldn't give up based on what you've said. And so many listeners have wrote in about, and I got my check and cashed it. Very good. It's worth it. And she persevered. Isn't that like an old slogan for the women's rights movement? There's one and she she persisted. Persisted. Okay. Michael in Florida says, I work in a trauma ICU. We have people come in injured and unable to talk. Please encourage your listeners to get a medical ID for themselves or family members. Listing first name, date of birth, month, and year, allergies, medical condition, family members to call, and phone numbers and medication. This would be most helpful to the hospital staff. Plus, you can get a call from the hospital when your family members are in the hospital. Thanks from the ICU and floor nurses everywhere. Okay, so Michael, 
you are now an official member of Team Clark. Mm -hmm. Do you know no one has ever, I've been doing this since 1987. Yeah, I'm old. Anyway, no one has ever made that suggestion ever, ever that I can recall to us. I love it. And it's something that I'm going to get done for myself because I think about answering those same questions over and over and over and over again. And having the medical bracelet is a great idea. It shall be done. And I appreciate you making the suggestion to others. Now I just have to go out and find it ultra cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, coming up ahead, there's some stuff I want to make sure you know about putting your idle savings to work and how to do it and what to avoid in particular right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a lot to talk about with what's going on with interest rates, both for borrowers and for savers. People trying to buy a home have had the first better news, not good news, but better news on mortgage rates in a good while is rates have gone down since the Federal Reserve declared progress on the inflation front. Consumers in surveys show more confidence that inflation is in better shape than it was. I mean, it was really bad, ugly with the supply chain disruptions and the excessive government spending that went on in 2021, first half of 22. And so many industries, you know, we talked about in the fall how Christmas gifts were cheaper overall this year, this Christmas season, than they were the prior couple of Christmas seasons because people had what they wanted and you had to kind of lure them out with good prices and supply chain bottlenecks were gone and all that. And so we're in a better position with having economic balance. Plus, the Federal Reserve ran interest rates up so much that it has slowed the economy more than is obvious to a lot of people yet. It'll be slower as we move through this year. And we may completely skirt a recession, which will be a miracle, or we may have a minor one. But the reality is, Federal Reserve has made it clear 
that barring something unexpected, interest rates that they control are coming down, which means what you can earn as a saver is coming down. So this is a window I talked about in November. And in November, I encouraged you to do your money that's in savings right now, in regular savings accounts that you don't need immediate access to. What I talked about in November was doing a ladder where you divide the money into five piles from a one-year CD, two-year, three, four, five. That's more work than you want to do. Do a one-year CD, a three-year CD, and a five-year CD to lock in higher rates for longer. Well, the rates have now dropped two months later, but there are still good deals in the marketplace if you shop around, particularly with online banks. There are a number of surveys out there. I find the easiest tool to use once you get used to it is bankrate.com. You skip the ones where advertisers have paid to be listed first, go past those, they call them sponsored ones, then you'll see the real list with the highest rates available for each term. I mean, right now we're looking at a one-year CD, uh, best in the country, around 5.6, 5.7, right in there. And two years, right around 5%. But when you go past two years, what we're looking at generally for terms three, four, five years, about four and three quarters percent right now. So when the marketplace anticipates that inflation is coming down, the economy is going into a little bit slower gear, and interest rates generally that borrowers are going to pay going down, what you can earn as a saver goes down as well. That's why chasing what's called hot money accounts, which is putting money in savings accounts that can change their rates every day, you're going to miss the window to lock in higher rates for longer. And so, yeah, you're looking, wait a minute, I can earn five point whatever in a savings account. Why in my right mind would I put money in a CD earning only 4.75%? So the idea is that as interest rates come down, there will hopefully be a time that 4.75 seems like a great rate. You know why that would be hopeful? Because it also means that what borrowers have to pay will be a lot more favorable than it's been. So my recommendation is the latter. Since none of us can predict crystal clear exactly where things are going, and these are all educated guesses, it's best to take your money and divide it into slices, known in the industry as a ladder. And again, you don't have to do 20% in a one, 20% in a two, 20% in a three, 20% four and 20% in a five. If you want to do it simpler, you can just do a third in a one-year CD, a third in a three-year CD, and a third in a five-year CD. And then you've locked in a decent interest rate on your money for the next five years, for at least a third of your money. Why would you not put all of it in a five-year right now? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Because the thing I said a minute ago, we don't have a perfect crystal ball. And what looks like the likely direction of interest rates over the next you know, period of time may prove to be wrong because of some curveball that happens, some war that starts somewhere. Who knows what? That's why you hedge this by doing money one year all the way to five year split up. Now, something else I need to warn you about. 
there are hoodlums out there trying to sell you fake FDIC-insured CDs. They are actually just promissory notes. Some of them are floating around right now offering as much as 8% interest. And they say they're FDIC-insured, but they're not. They're crooks just conning you. Now, when somebody issues you a promissory note, all they're doing is, I can write out a piece of paper. Hey, Krista, I promise I'm going to pay you 10% on this note. Now, I'm filling it out, 10% interest. Oh, my gosh, I'm in. And here's my promissory note to you. Those of you who watch the, Got it. the YouTube show, you see me right. doing my... Keeping this, and it's on video. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a full contract because you haven't given me any money, so I revoke the con. I revoke the offer. Any cash. Darn anyway, it. so the point is, you got to be really careful. I'm seeing some in these things that people used to get delivered to their homes called a newspaper. I actually still get a couple of printed newspapers. I'm seeing ads, typically in the sports section, offering these supposedly great deals on FDIC-insured CDs that turn out actually to be insurance salespeople trying to sell you stuff. And then there's the total phony balonies. If you go to a legit source like, what is it called? GoBankingRates.com, is that Yes. Mm-hmm. Or you go to Bankrate, Bank or we have a list at Clark.com. You go to anything that is a source that you trust you can see if they are FDIC insured because they're not going to show you one. We're not going to show you one that's not FDIC insured, up to a quarter million dollars. You can also go to the FDIC.gov website and make sure that something is FDIC insured. But the easiest way to tell is if I'm telling you the marketplace is from 4.75 to 5.6%, let's say, at the best at each length, you know, that that's the range. And somebody's offering you a CD at seven, eight, nine percent. You know it's not a real CD. Laureen wrote in. Laureen's from Oregon. I have savings aside from my investments that I'd like to put in a CD. I know what Clark says about investing with banks, but my bank swears there are no fees. Can I trust the bank, or should I go with Vanguard? Okay, so we're talking about two different things. So you have savings or CDs or whatever, and there's no fees to buy those. But in terms of investing, I do not like, I've not seen any bank investing arm that I've ever liked. They generally don't operate as fiduciaries, meaning they don't do, they don't meet the legal standard of doing what's best for you legally in every case, being your representative, only doing what's best for you, never for their firm. And banks generally don't do that. And bank investment arms tend to have extremely high fees, much higher than you have if you go to one of the discounters. Um, The particular bank that's telling you that um, does not offer low-cost investing whatsoever. I don't know exactly what they told you, but if they told you that they offer no-fee investing, like you'd have with one of the discounters, 
It's just not true. Just buying a CD though, even that CD is be... fine. Okay. You can buy a CD. CD is not an investment. Okay. CD is fine from a bank. But you know, it's funny we this came up because if you have an account with Fidelity Investment, Schwab, or Vanguard, you can buy brokerage place CDs that are FDIC insured without having to worry about the quarter million cap. And you may earn a much higher interest rate from them than you could directly from the bank. This came in from Garrett in Tennessee. I use an online savings account bank, savings bank that has a good rate. They also say that they go above the FDIC 250K limit and protect up to $2 million worth of savings by spreading out your savings for you across their other banking partners. And they they gave a link. Do you think this is safe and secure if the bank failed? Yes, this used to be called CDARS. Now it's got a new name that I can never remember. I'll find it. So let's see right now. This is how the sausage is made, y'all. This is it. So it's called the IntraFi Network. So you just want to make sure that your bank, that uh, I don't know that bank, but anyway, that they are part of the IntraFi Network, which what it does is it spreads your money out with different institutions, you get a slightly lower interest rate to cover the administrative hassle of having all these different accounts for you. But for you, there's only one you have to worry about, and they're all FDIC. All the dollars are FDIC insured. Laurel in Tennessee says, Clark often talks about a Chromebook dedicated for all financial transactions. I'm not a fan of PCs, so my question is, does a dedicated iPad for financial transactions pose the same security as a dedicated Chromebook? Having my bank account hacked twice in a year, I've put in place many security features trying to alleviate future threats. I like the idea of isolating financial work to one device, but I prefer Apple plus tablet style to something else. Thank you for all your financial advice. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fine to use an iPad with this caveat. There's been so many investigative reports. NBC News has been all over this. There's been a lot of coverage in the financial press that Apple has serious privacy issues and safety issues involved with iPhones and also with iPads. Now, the new iOS 17 is going to have additional security features, but there's one thing you've got to do for yourself. It's very important. Your Apple ID password must be very, very different and follow no patterns similar to what you use for your email or any financial site or social media or anything like that. Very, very important. You take that simple precaution and you should be absolutely fine using apps from financial institutions on an iPad. A similar kind of circumstance would apply. Uh, Almost nobody uses an Android tablet, but it would be the same kind of thing with that. But iPad, yeah. Other than the uh, underlying security problems that Apple has had that they're fixing with iOS 17, you're not going to have anything you really need to worry about. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today remember what we're about that you learn ways to save more spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off